What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. And now, from Surprise, Arizona, on our Rangers podcast, a guy that we have loved working with. He was one of our favorites Kevin. all those years. Is it Evan Grant? Yes, it's me. Wait, wait, why were you cutting me off in the middle of my big introduction? Oh, because I didn't hear anything. Oh. <laughs> I had a big introduction going for you, but now now forget it. Uh, I'm just going right, well, to let it go. Why don't we start a new big introduction? No, no, that's, that's enough. Yeah. I think... I think everybody's heard enough of that. Uh, as we know, or as, as maybe some of the people who have listened to our other podcasts this week, we are not joined by the lovely Barry Horn. Uh, he became a grandfather over the weekend. That's hard. I, I'm way too young to be a grandfather myself, but Barry, you know, he's way past time for that kind of thing. Max Stanley Horn, born to his uh, oldest son, Zach, and his wife, Lauren. Uh, Max checking in at 6 pounds, 13 ounces. All doing well. Well, I was hoping that Barry would be with us because I really wanted to get into a lot of bris talk. Yeah, we're having the bris on Sunday. I, I don't guess you're going to get to uh, go. No, no, no bris for me. Oh. Um, I'll uh, I, let me. You know, there's a joke about the bris in there, and I, I'd give you some tips, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. that's really good. That's well, really good. Oh, Oh yeah, you know, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna run up and I'm gonna steal the baby away for, before the bris and run off with it. You know that this, I'm gonna do like Kramer did that time I think in the Seinfeld episode. Not allow this. That'd to happen. be good. Yeah, that'd be good stuff. That'd be good. Make sure you introduce yourself to the Mohel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, it'd be fun stuff. Fun stuff. All right, Evan, you're out there spring training. Uh, we've had some uh, we've had some developments. Uh, we've had poor Josh Hamilton's knee keeps bothering him, and now he's going back for uh, arthroscopic surgery. We'll be out. He'll be he'll be out at least two to three months. Uh, what do you think the prospects of him coming back after all that? Yeah, we're looking at eleven surgeries now, Kevin, and it's been he had no at bats last year at all. Um, had, you know, played in 59 games in 2015. He's going to be 36 in May. I, each one of these things, I think, dims the prospect that much more. Um, I, I think I just wrote, you know, you wrote a, a quick take on this for for, uh, for the website and, and pretty much laid out just how difficult it's going to be for him to come back. And, and I had just finished writing something about, the guys who will probably now figure into the competition for what amounts to one roster spot that will be open among position players. And, you know, it just seems like almost Josh has just kind of become a forgotten beaver. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I, the club is willing, I'm sure, to let him. If he wants to go down to the minors and bang around down there and, and try to come back, I think they would probably be willing to do that. But I just don't see Josh wanting to do that. I, I just don't think that he wants to spend, you know, uh, until the until the All-Star break trying to see if he can make it back uh, at that level. I, I think he wants Yeah, the, the, that's going to be the interesting thing. I mean, he's due back out here later this week, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if he's up for, you know, another three months of rehab with no real guarantees. But I do think the Rangers will make it an option to him that if he wants to continue to uh, – if he wants to continue to try, I don't think they're going to basically ask him to go away. Right. Nor should they. I, you know, I, I, I tell you, and, and, and I think you feel the same way I do, uh, it's, it's impossible not to like Josh. It's impossible not to, to, to wish him well and hope that he can do this. He's certainly brought a lot of these problems on himself, uh, but he is an enormously gifted man and, and a really, uh, I think, well-meaning person and, and, and sincere in what he does. And they, there have been things that have been goofy and weird about him and, and about his career but boy, you look at those five years uh, that uh, that he played for the Rangers, and as as I wrote in that quick take, three of them rank as among the greatest seasons any Ranger ever had, especially one who was not connected to PEDs. Yeah, I was having a conversation the other day with somebody about Rangers history, and should the club do a little bit more honoring of of guys who were uh, big parts of their history? And we just kept going through guys and. And pretty much you got to this. You either were talking about guys who were here five years or less or guys who were attached somehow to PED. Then Josh has his own faults, his own flaws as a, as a player and as, 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 a, as a person. But I think I agree with you um, pretty much that, in retrospect, this is a, this is a kind-hearted person who means well, um, who's got, uh, who had unmitigated talent, uh, who wasted a lot of years of his career, and now at the age of 36, uh, his knees just don't allow him to, to be able to play. So um, it, it, in a lot of ways, you know, there's some incredible moments um, uh, from Josh's career with the Rangers, the four-home run game in Baltimore, the, uh, the home run in Game 6 of the World Series, the MVP season in 2010, uh, the, the home run derby in 2008. Just, there, there's so many highlights. You know, the way he, he treated um, the young boy who was the son of, uh, of the firefighter who, who died um, in the stands. Uh, just one moment after another that, that really do go down as, as, as either uh, things that touch your heart or things that, that uh, were truly historic. And if you close the book on it now, you still walk away and say it wasn't a day. I don't think there's any doubt that Josh Hamilton will go down as a Rangers Hall of Fame. But let's just put it that way. Oh, absolutely. And no, no doubt about it in my mind. You know, that, and that's the thing about Josh is the things you cited. And he had the problems all along with substance abuse. And that's what derailed his career and it caused it enabled the Rangers to acquire him in the trade to begin with, even though he'd made a comeback and had that one good year in Cincinnati. Uh, I think if this guy had been able to play and he had not had the substance abuse problems, uh, he would be a Hall of Famer. He would be one of the great players in, in MLB history uh, had he had his career taken off as it should have. And 
because he didn't really develop the injury issues until much later, and uh, and that's and I think a product some of his the abuse, but also a product of a very large man playing center field. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy as big as he is uh, that who could play that position so well. Yeah, uh, it's, um, and that that is the other thing. He didn't. It wasn't just that he went out and played center field. He really did do a good job out there, and, and again made some things that did that did do damage to his body. You know, and, and he's always said that I can always try and be a little bit more cautious out there, but that's just not me. That's just not how I go out about it. So uh, there was a price that Rusty Greer played for paid for that kind of. Uh, I'm going to put the game first mentality, uh, and I think that there's a price, obviously, that, that Josh Hamilton has paid um, for partly for abusing his body early in life, and partly for for what he did on the field with with truly not ever saying, "Okay, I'll just I'll take it easy." Yeah, Evan, is, is someone yelling at you? No, there was there's a little bit of chatter in the batting cage here, and uh, in surprise, we've got um, my God. There's there's so much uh, um, what amounts to golf carts and farm implements just rolling around <laughs> out here. A lot of hay bales. Did I tell you? Did I tell you that the other day I went to uh, I went to the Outback Steakhouse? You know, the the finest purveyor of meats in the Greater Surprise area. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was about 7.30 at night, rolled in there, and um, when I came back out afterwards, there was parked in a spot, a full spot, not a handicapped spot, but a full spot in the uh, in the parking lot, there was one of those, like, uh, rascal scooters. Um, <laughs> that, I, 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 that's, that, is, to me, is the biggest mystery of spring. I want to find out, like, who rolled up there in the rascals and then just decided, well, I'm going to... I'll park it out here, and, and I'll walk the rest of the way. Out. Oh, man, man, oh, man. That's good stuff, isn't it? You never can't tell how people are getting around out there. Uh, spring training is always an adventure. <laughs> so I, I think what we need to – I do think one thing we need to touch on here is, that you know, and I had – perhaps I was overly optimistic in, in my assessment of Josh um, and, and the possibilities of him playing. But, listen, this was a guy who – who offered the club a very intriguing possibility, which was a plus tool as an offensive player, uh, and with the possibility that he might play some first base. He also offered them some versatility of a guy who could do some first base relief work for Mike Napoli, uh, certainly do some DHing, and still had the ability, if healthy, to go out there in the outfield. So now without him, I think you've actually got a pretty intriguing uh situation for you know there's only one roster spot open i think for position players here is and it's now that spot that josh had and i think there's a lot of different ways the rangers could look at it and i think they're going to start doing that today with the exhibition against arizona all of the all of the guys who i consider legitimate contenders are in the uh are in the lineup today now let's let's talk about that because you know uh i, I had to say uh i've been all over the map uh, with um, oh, Delano DeShields. And, I, you know, when, when, he, when he came over from the Astros, well, he was just terrific offensively. You know, they put him at the top of the lineup, and he just was everything you wanted him to be as a leadoff hitter. You know, he was a patient hitter uh, and, uh, and got on base and, and made things happen, and they were a much better team 
when he was there. He was a, a, a minus in the out playing center field. There was he just right. that was not good. Uh, and then he came. He put on all the weight. We know we know the story about that last year and what happened to him. And he just looked lost. And it looked like oh, this is he's not going to have a role with this team anymore. And now I've just come completely back around with him again because I feel like that this is a guy who could you could put back at the top of the lineup if he has gone back to what he was a couple of years ago. Um, of course, the question is, where do you play? If he play, he, he needs to play left field uh, if he plays at all. Uh, and, but my question about him is, is, is this, just what you said, there's one roster spot open. So if there's only one roster spot open, you'd like it to be for a guy who has multiple skill set and who can play several well, I, positions. I, I think that I think in, in my calculations, Delano likely has a roster spot. I think there's one other spot that is open. So you're counting Delano in already? I am. I, I you know I think he can certainly lose it, but I, I think the club's intention has been all along for him to to win that spot and for him to be a guy who could be the backup center fielder, not the everyday center fielder, and that's a big distinction off of where he was two years ago. Yeah. Um, a guy who could occasionally hit at the top of the order, a guy who could run late, particularly for Jerks and Profar in the days that he plays in left field, and, and for other guys as well, um, and a guy who could offer them um, some uh, plus defensive skills as a left fielder rather than a center fielder. You know, I, we talked about this, I think, a little bit on the podcast last week. The arm is not great. The arm is never going to be great. But he could potentially um, he could potentially run down balls in left field, and, and that speed will play out there. And he doesn't have as many big throws to make from left field as he would have had from center. Yeah, so 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 you got him on the team. Then. So, so the guys on the bubble then would be Ryan Rua and Jerks and Profar? Uh, no, I think the guys who are on the bubble now are the guys who would replace okay. Hamilton. And I'm, John Blake is telling me, are you doing a podcast? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to run here pretty quickly. But uh, I, I think what, what you've got now is you, whether or not you want to have an extra utility fielder um, to kind of give the ability for Profar to play both left field and some left some first base against left-handed pitching. And obviously, Hanser Alberta would be that that kind of candidate. Um, you've got an intriguing prospect in Drew Robinson who could play all over the outfield and who is um, going to play center field today. Um, you, uh, you've got a veteran, first baseman, left-handed hitter, and, and I think the left-handed hitting component is important. Uh, James Loney is that guy. He's, he's a veteran, and, and he could play first base and, and give Napoli some time off. And then you've got Travis Snyder who's played the outfield, and uh, coming off of a poor year in which he was in the minors all year last year, but he's a veteran, got 10 years in the big leagues, and and, and could potentially uh, 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 contribute. You know, um, I, I predict... All right, I'm get, I, better, I better run here. Jeff Bannister's about to do his, uh, his, his media briefing, so I better get in on that. We're kind of a little bit all over the place today, but let's... Um, Let's cut it short for today um, on me, and then I'll be back with you next week. Okay, I'm going to talk about like another 30 minutes, though, Evan, okay? Okay, bye. <laughs> there goes Evan Grant, uh, one of our favorites. Uh, and I, I was going to say to Evan uh, before he was cut off there was uh, that I kind of predicted all along that in the first base uh, situation, if they were going to have somebody to split some time, 
with Mike Napoli, it would be James Loney, uh, the former Dodgers and Mets first baseman. I guess he's, he's played for several teams now. At one time, he was a very promising uh, first baseman, never really lived up to his potential. Pretty soft hitter and not going to deliver a lot of power, but he's a very nice defensive first baseman, uh, and he's left-handed. And I, I, I think that, uh, I think that uh, Jeff Bannister – who prizes defense, would like to have that possibility that every once in a while, not that Napoli's done a a pretty fair job when he's played first base as well, certainly not a a minus player, but he's not Mitch Moreland either. Uh, I think he would like to have somebody like uh, James Loney over there. The only problem with Loney besides the lack of power would be that he's not very versatile. He's not a guy that you could play at a lot of positions. but if Rua's on the team, Rua can play the outfield. Rua can also play a little first base. Uh, he's done that before. Uh, certainly we've seen Jerks and Profar play over there. I'm, I'm still just not crazy about the that uh, the idea that uh, everybody wants to try to make Jerks and Profar into Ben Zobrist. I, I know that, um, that Profar has said, yes, I'll do whatever they want me to do. But his heart's just not in it. I think that's one of the reasons why his production at the plate has gone down uh, – Pretty much every year that they've tried to, to to play him is that he's got a lot of excitement and enthusiasm for it uh, when he starts out, and then when he sees his playing time is sporadic, he's not playing very much. Then he, he's not so crazy about it. It's hard to play. Uh, it's hard. First of all, it's hard to find a Ben Zobrist. Uh, first of all, you got to find that kind of guy. The former Dallas Baptist player. He really he's a really terrific guy. Besides being a really terrific player. And, uh, and to to accept the fact that I'm going to play in different positions and maybe every day. In a baseball clubhouse, the, the first thing you find out from players is that they want to know what they're doing every day. They do not like to be surprised. I, I, one of the reasons why as, as great a manager as Joe Madden is, I would think it would be a little maddening, so to speak, playing for him because the, the players just never know what's going to happen. He's He's constantly – you know, moving guys around, and as we saw in the World Series, he likes to move those parts around. I think Joe's a great guy, but he likes to let you know that he's there. Um, so I think it's very difficult to find a Ben Zobras, and then it's very difficult to just to plug that guy in all the time. You know, I, I really do think that to, to achieve the maximum value from Jerks and Profar, he needs to be playing about four times a week. Uh, and he, he wasn't coming close to that uh, under Jeff Bannister. And, and I don't blame Jeff. You know, you've got to know that he's going to be all in when he goes into play, and then he wants to play these uh, position, and he's going to produce when he does. We saw uh, that uh, when he was hitting from the right side uh, this last year, he was not productive at all. Uh, and so now, now, he's, now he's even looking like he might be a platoon hitter. So – um, it's just been uh, very difficult to watch uh, this happen with him. And I, I still wonder if he might not be included in some sort of deal. Uh, you know, I, I know that's hard to give up on him, but um, I, I just don't know that uh, it's fair to him and his development uh, to keep doing what they're doing. So, um, uh, you know, these are the questions that I that I want to see answered. You know that, and and of course in the rotation we saw that uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to Evan, but we saw what you Darvish has done in his first outing. Didn't go a full two innings. Uh, they wanted him to, but he'd already run up his pitch count, twenty five pitches in his first inning, uh, which is not unusual for you Darvish. We've seen him tinker a lot over the years, especially in the first inning. And that's there are great pitchers who are like that, you know, guys that once they get on track after that first inning and then they, they progressively get better and they start mowing them down. Uh, and that has been his history. 
but it makes it a little difficult if you're going to throw 25 pitches in that first inning. Uh, that's about that's at least 10 more than what he need to be throwing. So you know, I, I have a big problem with thinking that now, now he was he was trying to throw a split finger and that's what he was working for uh, on in the in his first start. Uh, he throws too many pitches as it is. I, I have to say I agree with the Rangers 100% about that. Uh, you know, he was already throwing five or six or eight or ten when he came over from Japan, and now he's talking about going back and getting more. Uh, I, I just don't see the point. Uh, he, he throws 96, 97 miles an hour. He has a terrific slider. Uh, he, he's got enough uh, uh, that he can do. He just has to command it on any given day. I think that I think it bugs him when he he can't command his fastball, which it should. Uh, that's a difficult thing uh, not to be able to do that. But I think if he threw it more often, that maybe he could. I think he was too quick to give up on his best pitches and try to go to his secondary stuff, uh, and that's a and that's a problem uh, for him that he has to overcome. Uh, having said all that, uh, you know I, I think the Rangers need to be very cautious about how they deal with uh, with you this year uh, I don't I'm not saying they need to coddle the guy but you certainly don't need to alienate him either uh, this is a guy as we know who's going into the last year of his contract and the Rangers have been unable to neg- negotiate or unwilling to negotiate an extension with him um, uh, we're not sure exactly what uh, their feelings are about that um, there's some speculation that they would like to see what he's going to do. Maybe they'd like to see what the club is going to do. Uh, if the club should happen to go on the tank, which I don't think it will, I don't think they think that either, but if it does, then you, then you Darvish becomes a, a prime selling point uh, probably before the deadline. Um, and and I'm sure, sure the return on him would be very high. Uh, if uh, I, I don't think that's the way to go. As I've written, it is very difficult for this organization to find a, a star, an ace. You know, they have found pitchers. They have not found aces. The best pitchers in the history of this organization that they have developed themselves are Kenny, Brown, uh, Kenny Rogers and Kevin Brown. Uh, and they both played at the same time, and they were both friends, which was kind of unusual because Kevin was a very unusual individual, didn't get along with anybody. He was pretty much despised in the clubhouse. Only Kenny put up with him, uh, and it kind of hurt Kevin as he moved around uh, baseball. I remember one time I talked to Tom House about uh, uh, Kevin Brown, and he said, well, he's got a PD. And I said, a PD, what is that? And he said, he's got a personality disorder, uh, which, you know, Tom had a little psychology training there at USC, so uh, I guess he knew what he was talking about. Uh, so so anyway, when you when you had such a, a problem developing ace caliber pitchers in your entire history, forty something years of it, uh, and they and they and there's no there's none on the on the horizon either. Uh, there's just there's nothing out there. There's nothing harder to find in baseball than an ace. Uh, that's why that's why the Red Sox had to give up so much to get Chris Sale from the White Sox. It's just very hard to find pitchers of that caliber. And so when you've got one right here, right in front of you, and you know what he can do, and he seems to like it here. I think he likes it better now than he did before. It's kind of grown on him in this market uh, and pitching here. And I think he knows that with the future coming and the and the and having the, uh, the, the roof overhead will help. Won't be quite so miserable out there in August. 
Uh, I think those are things that uh, that are uh, will be appealing to Darvish, and uh, and I think they need to get something done sooner rather than later, because uh, they need to they need to hold on to him, and they certainly don't need to alienate him and make him feel like you know what I'm going to go out there and test the free agent waters and take the best uh, option because there are going to be some options. People are going to pay him a lot of money. Uh, I think right now it would take five years, 150 million to sign him at least. Um, I think that it could go up over $200 million if he goes to the free market uh, because you're going to have the – I think that, that Artie Moreno with the Angels, because some of those uh, bad contracts he's given out will be either over or close to being done, uh, I think he would pounce on the possibility of adding you Darvish to top that rotation while he's still got Mike Trout in his prime. I think he, it was, it's his obligation to do that. And, and how bad would that look? To have in your division, you Darvish now pitching at the top of the uh, the Angels rotation. Uh, I, I don't believe the Angels are going to be contenders this year just because of their starting rotation. Not good enough. We'll see what, what the Rangers can do, uh, how much they can do to to uh, battle that. Um, but I think it's important. So that's a, that's a big development to see how he progresses. Uh, okay in this first outing. Uh, not great. Uh, they, they had some other interesting developments along the way. The, uh, Eddie Gamboa, the, the knuckleballer. Be interested to see uh, if the, the Rangers can get anything out of him. I've always been intrigued by knuckleballers. Uh, some organizations don't like to take them on. Catchers don't like them. They, sometimes you can't get the guys to work with them. It's just, it's just difficult. But I think they present something really – uh, unique and uh, and really in a, in a series when you got pitchers going, uh, you know, one day after another, uh, it's it's good to really mess up the timing of opponents. I, I grew up in Houston, as you may recall, and and, uh, and in those days they had uh, at the top of the rotation they had J.R. Richard, uh, and then they had Joe Necro, and then they had Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan was the number three, which sounds kind of hard to believe. But the reason they did it that way was because you went uh, the first day with J.R. Richards throwing 100 miles an hour with a 92-mile-an-hour slider. As J.R. once told me, fastest slider known to man. Then you had Joe Necro throwing his knuckleball uh, at, at 65 miles an hour. And then the next day you had Nolan Ryan throwing 100 miles an hour again. Uh, it, it just uh, created havoc for uh, you know opposing hitters and trying to adjust to that from day to day, the difference uh, going back and forth. Eddie Gamboa is not going to be in the rotation, but it, he can be. Uh, he might have a role for this team. Uh, and the, as we know, knuckleballers are pretty durable. If he could, if he can make that work, that's that's an intriguing option. Certainly something fun to look at in the spring, anyway, even if it doesn't pan out. And I will be out there in a couple of weeks. Um, well, I'm going to leave it there. I, I did want to have one last note here, and this is a very sad note. Um, over the weekend, uh, a former colleague and, and, a, and a friend of, of ours and many people here at the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day, uh, David McNabb, a uh, longtime high school and college writer here in the sports department, died at 60 of cancer. Uh, David was a terrific guy, uh, a, a longtime friend, uh, David was was a, a really interesting character in the fabric of this sports department, in that he seemed to have little to no ego, and uh, and that's that's really different from most of the other people who worked here. Uh, you know, when he graduated from high school uh, here, he was a local product. Uh, he, he grew five inches uh, until he became, I guess, David was six three, six four, big guy. Um, and I think that those 
those knees uh, that growing like that uh, created knee problems for him that bothered him pretty much the rest of his life, always limping around. But he never complained about it. Uh, he never really complained about anything. Uh, David was the kind of guy who never had a crossword about or for anyone, uh, just a sweetheart of a guy. And he leaves a loving wife, Liz, three sons, Max, Darby, and Ben, and many friends of admirers, of which I was certainly one. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.